Good evening. Today is Wednesday, October 5th, 2022, and we are studying the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter step is step one, and there is a solution. And our speaker tonight is Mandy H. Thank you, Mandy. Thanks so much, Liz. My name is Mandy, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. And thanks, Lisa, for asking me to share. I will put it out there. This is my first speaker meeting that I've done, so bear with me tonight. <laughs> and um, tonight I get to talk about there is a solution. And I thought it was quite cute uh, when I opened it and I looked at my big book. I had written, yay, beside there is a solution. Um, and, you know, always with that star beside A, um, and that, that solution being, um, a spiritual experience. And, um, the first thing I can think of when I think about that is, uh, and I read this chapter is like, first, I have to figure out if I need to do that, if I need to be here, if I need to do these steps, if I need to have that, that change happen to me, or if I can just manage it on my own. Um, and so, you know, I'll begin with like how I had to figure that out, uh, and, and whether I thought I had this thing or not, because I went a long time without thinking that I needed to come here. And, uh, and it's because my, my beginnings are pretty murky. I, uh, I definitely um, found sugar when I was young uh, and remember hiding in the bathroom and eating an entire box of something, hiding wrappers, that kind of thing. Uh, but for me, uh, you know, listen, I, I know people that have had better family lives than I have, and they are compulsive overeaters and people that have had worse ones that aren't compulsive eaters. But my family life, my environment, my emotional environment was such that when I was really quite young, 14, 15 years old, um, I put down food, I put down everything else, and I picked up drugs and alcohol. And, um, and so, and I was a full-blown alcoholic addict by the time I was 16. And so for me, the food piece is a bit murky. I do know that um, I, I cooked and baked and, and, and I eventually became a, a professional chef and pastry chef and went into hospitality. And But food was on the back burner for me. It really was. I mean, I was always a bit overweight. Like I was never someone who um, lived in a healthy body weight, uh, but it was minimal, right? Like it was like I was young and things just didn't catch up with me. Um, and my compulsion was uh, in, in substances instead of food at that point in time. So when I look at this chapter, I think of myself like I was probably a hard eater at that point, a, a moderate to hard eater. Um, maybe I could have put it down. I, I have no idea. But my story with compulsive overeating really begins when I was 31 years old. And I hit my final bottom in, um, in drugs and alcohol. And, uh, and I surrendered and I joined AA and I got sober and, um, and, and I was done. Like I was so done with how I was living life. And, and I now know looking back, I immediately, probably that day, the day I put down drugs and alcohol is the day I picked up food, um, in the way that I, and eventually know myself to be a compulsive overeater. 
And I mean, those first months, I remember I would go to this place and they had these like cookies, the side of sides of my head. And I would be like, I deserve, like, I need this. Like I cannot get through today without picking these up. And I would do this game with myself where I'd have, you know, I'd buy one and I would, um, you know, I'd buy, I'd buy one, one day. And then, you know, the next day I'd buy two. And then eventually I realized they had like the six pack and I would think to myself, you know what, I'm sick of going to the store over and over again. I'm going to get the six pack. Cause it's going to like, it's going to last me the whole week. And, um, you know, that night I'd be throwing out the bag and heading back there the next morning. And, um, and, and food became this warm down comforter around my feelings, my emotions, my ability to cope with life. Uh, I felt so raw and so vulnerable and so messy and I had to learn how to live and I didn't know how to do that. And so I, you know, did the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. I had a spiritual awakening. I did all of the things. I I checked all of the boxes. I sponsored. Um, but I always had that warm down comforter of food around me. And the and the weight started to pack on, right? Like the 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 whole getting away with it thing wasn't happening anymore. And um, and so you know, there began my, my battle with trying to control and enjoy my food like other people. And, um, and you know, did I put it down ever? Not really. I was more of a, like, I was always doing the science experiment, like not an, not never this and only that, and I'm going to become a vegan and I'll do keto and how about intermittent fasting? And what about this? And what about that? I was always kind of trying to play with it. I was never willing to give it up. Um, I tried working the steps outside of OA on my own. I tried to pray to God to take, uh, to <laughs> pray to God to feed myself the way that he would have me feed myself. That was like this thing I did for a long time. And I really wanted some sort of lightning bolt to come and like, like flail the food out of my hands. Like I was just never willing to actually put it down. Um, and then there's a solution. There's a passage that, um, that says, we know that while it's on page 22, we know that while the alcoholic keeps away from drink as he may do for months or years, he reacts like other men. We are equally positive that once he takes any alcohol, whatever, into his system, something happens both in the bodily and mental sense, which makes it virtually impossible for him to stop. The experience of any alcoholic will abundantly confirm this. So once in a while, he may tell the truth. And the truth, strange to say, is usually that he has no more idea why he took that first drink than you have. Some drinkers have excuses with which they are satisfied part of the time, but in their hearts, they really do not know why they do it. Once this malady has a real hold, they are baffled lot. There is an obsession that somehow, someday, they will beat the game, but they often suspect they are down for the count. And, you know, that was my experience, right? Like, I would... I would stop for, I mean, I was kind of like, I was never a good diet or I would stop for like three days, um, eating the way that, uh, eating, eating the things. And, uh, and then in, you know, and then I would always kind of like, well, you know what, like, maybe I'll just like not buy the whole thing. I'll just have one. Or I remember going to a birthday party. I had gone a month and a half and I was hiking and I was losing weight and I was doing all these healthy lifestyle things. And someone came out with a, this really small cake for a lot of people. And they were cutting these like wafer thin slices. And I thought to myself, like, 
that's a wafer thin slice. There is no way that I would ever have a problem. And I've never tried that thing before. And the next thing you know, I am literally the next day at the place that I had never been to. I brought the kids, I'm making it this big deal, but all it was, was like, I had set off the allergy and and I wanted more. And that little thin slice was making me freaking irritated. And I needed to go get the whole thing. And uh, there I am dragging my kids and, and packing them all in the car so that I can go and get more. And, and I really started to see that I had, I had this information about the allergy and I knew that I was going to, uh, that I, I, I saw myself reacting differently. I saw myself opening the box and having one and, and, and putting it back and going back into the box and having more. And by the end, the box is done. And then I go to the grocery store and I think, you know what, it's two for one and I'm not going to get both. I'm going to leave one at the grocery store and I'm just going to take one. And, uh, and I always ended up back at the grocery store and, um, and, and, you know, it says once he may tell the truth that, and, and the truth, strange to say, is he usually has no more idea why he took that first drink than you have. And, and that was, that was my, I mean, I really didn't know why. And, uh, and, and so I learned that I have, you know, this allergy that once I start, I I want more, but I also learned that I have a mind that will always send me back to the grocery store because how I live life, how I see the world, how I react to people, uh, when I take that warm comforter off and my emotions and my feelings and my coping is left exposed to the world with nothing to protect it or very, very weak protection, you know, I need to go back to that food and I need to cover myself up again. And, you know, my bottom, like many people I hear in this, in this room, you know, the pandemic just floored me. Um, I let, I ended up losing my job. Um, I ended like my career, I was, you know, in the hospitality industry, it was gone. Um, You know, I'm stuck in my house. We were, we were on lockdown and I have two little kids and, um, and, and, and the food, it was already bad, but the food changed like my will to like do anything different. My, my willpower, my ability to get back on track, to like try veganism again, to like put one box in the cupboard and not open the other one. Like it was gone. And, um, I had, I had no defense against the first bite, and, um, and, and food became my master again, like very much. So it was just me in the house with the kids and my husband and food. And I just couldn't unsee what I saw. Uh, and I needed, I knew I needed it. I, I, I knew that I was beyond the power of choice and, um, and the whole time I am having a relationship with a higher power. And I say that because my God is very loving and warm and forgiving and, 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 and always wanted me to end up at OA, but, you know, I had to take the route I had to get to take, to get here. And, and even though, and I, cause I wasn't willing to stop. Right. I, 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 I didn't, I didn't want to put, I didn't know if I would survive putting down the food, to be honest. I didn't know if I could live without that warm comforter. And, um, and so, you know, luckily food is a punishing, punishing factor. And I got to a place where I could not operate the way I was operating anymore. I I had one, I had my day, my night, 
And I, uh, I threw up because I couldn't eat anymore. And then I wanted to eat more and I had never done that before. And the next morning I woke up and I went to Overeaters Anonymous and that was in April of 2021. And, um, I have been abstinent since Mar uh, since May 22nd, uh, uh, 2021. And uh, in that time, in that three weeks, I needed to make sure, right? Make sure that I needed to do all these crazy things you were talking about. And, um, and, and God, again, was with me all the way along. And, um, and, and I, I relapsed one time in this program and I felt that allergy kick in. I put a little bit of uh, alcoholic food in a, in a dish and when I ate it, I wanted more. And I, and the, and the debating society was over for me. Like, I was just like, I have this thing and I have to do what you guys say, how you guys do it. And, um, and I needed to listen to this part of the book, which says page, um, page 25, there is a solution. Almost none of us liked the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession shortcomings, which the process requires for its successful consummation. But we saw that it really worked in others. And we had come to believe in a hopelessness, sorry, and it really worked and we come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we had been living it. When therefore we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left to, for us but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We found much of heaven and we had been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence of which we have not had never not even dreamed. And um, and and that happened to me. But I will tell you this. It was real messy. It was not pretty. Those first months without the food, without that comforter, just like raw in the world. Like I did not know what I did not know until I put that, until God struck me abstinent. Um, and I was very early in recovery and I had not done the steps and I was not, I did not have a spiritual experience and I didn't have that protection. And it was my daughter's birthday and I was a wreck. I had gone and bought this chocolate cake. I'd had a hard day and I bought this chocolate cake and my husband comes home and I am just a wreck. I'm like, I can't stay here for the part, like the family was coming over. I can't stay here. I can't be near this cake. I can't be around it. And I, he's like, don't worry. He's in a recovery. He's like, don't worry about it. Just go to the beach, hang out and come back after cake is served. And, uh, and you know, I, uh, I went to the beach and I called fellows and I was just like, couldn't cope. Fast forward a year later, I'm talking to a sponsee on the phone and I am up to my eyeballs in cupcakes. Like I literally, like if there's icing, there's cupcakes, there's, like I, it was, it was like a factory in my house and I'm on the phone and she's talking to me about this idea of surrendering and like imagining her life without food. And I just remembered, and I looked around and I was like, oh my God, 12 months ago, I could not sit through my daughter's birthday. And here I am, I'm up to my elbows and cupcakes and I didn't even realize it. Like I am so neutral that it doesn't even enter my mind that this is, I'm not in danger. Lord knows I am like, I'm cleaning it up. I'm putting it away. They're boxed up. I'm not like, you know, living in a sea of cupcakes, but I am not, I'm not afraid. I'm not controlled. I'm not obsessed with food and I'm able to show up. Like I'm able to just be a mom making cupcakes because of, you know, the protection that I get from this higher power and the spiritual experience that I have had as of working the 12 steps. And, um, and I will say this, um, 
because I only have, you know, a little bit left. Um, you know, what I want to talk about is like living in a healthy body weight. I mean, to me, that's, that's where I need God. That's where I need a spiritual solution because like going down and going up or like coming into a program and having, you know, strict rules and doing the steps, like that's comfortable for me. Like I can, I can, I can fall in line. I mean, I've got that overeaters perfectionism, you know, I'm going to get an A plus in this, but what's real when the rubber hits the spiritual road for me is living in a healthy body weight. And I, and I have been for, you know, eight or 10 months at least. And, you know, how do I cope with life? How do I one day at a time, day after day, how do I stay honest and how do I continue to change and grow? Because you know, this spiritual experience that I've had, it's, it's not a one-off, right? Like it's, it's not sufficient to, to keep me sober or sober. Uh, it's not sufficient to keep me abstinent tomorrow. And I also have to, like, I want a happy, joyous and free life too. So like, I didn't get abstinence so that I can just be food obsessed and, and worrying about my food plan and talking about food and, and, you know, just fretting about what I can and can't eat anymore. You know, that for me, if I'm working this program, if I'm being really honest and I'm doing what I need to do, like that gets to be on the back burner and I get to become more and more who I was always supposed to be before all this calamity, all this addiction, all this overeating happened. And, you know, that is what has happened. I mean, when I saw the selfish self-centeredness of my compulsive overeating in that, in that fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh step, I mean, there was like no unseeing it. Like I, I, I cannot tell you how much I, was shocked by that after working this depth for over a decade, decade and a half in another program. Um, but you know, that's something I need to treat every day. You know, how do I not get scale obsessed, right? Like, how do I, how do I give that to God, surrender that to God? You know, God is not my scale. God is, God is, that's God's business. And, um, you know, I've just had a recent experience where I had to recommit that, right. Just like I am in God's will, uh, and whatever I look like and however I, uh, end up is, is, is up to my higher power. And, um, and I will also say too, that I can't say enough about working with others. And it does talk about that in this, in this, uh, chapter, how, you know, given like my experience, like when I get to help another compulsive overeater and I get to share and I get to tell that, you know, cake story and I get to talk about the freedom and I get to tell that person that every time I walk by something that I have this like, oh, that would be nice. Or, oh, I haven't tried that. I ask God to keep me safe and protected. I don't let those thoughts just like slide by without paying attention to them. Like that is my higher powers business. Like I need to keep that, that, that road nice and clear for my higher power, all that honesty. Um, Oh, thank you, Kendall, for your timer thing. That's perfect. Your little timer blog. Um, yeah. So keeping that highway clear between my higher power and I staying honest, um, being willing to change, being willing to continue to surrender. Uh, you know, I've had green foods turn yellow and red, 
uh, and to just to continue to be honest and uh, and to revise that abstinence for myself to uh, to work with others to watch the miracle happen in this program and to know that I cannot transmit something I don't have like if I don't do what I need to do today uh, and every day for this for, to to get this experience and this connection with the higher power. Um, you know, I won't, I won't have this thing. And, uh, and it's fast in this, oh, this program, man, you got to stay on top of this thing. I mean, food is a bitch. And, uh, and, you know, I will just finish by saying like, I had a pretty, like, you know, that, that dark moment where I like kind of lost a lot and, and like a lot of people lost a lot in COVID and was devastated and eating and all that stuff. It's like, I made some major life changes. And today I ended up getting into a master's program that I, you know, really, really, um, have been working so hard to do. And, and, you know, that's thanks to Overeaters Anonymous, right? Like that's thanks to, um, this, this program and the, and the fellowship and, um, and, and my higher power. So thanks you guys. Wow. That was so awesome, Mandy. Thank you so much. Beautiful share. Um, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order, or she'll unmute you and um, ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when, when time is up? Thank you. If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for their answer. Okay, and I, just, I see Leslie Kay, you're first up. Oopsie. Sorry, you guys, bear with me. That's okay. Try again, Leslie. I got it. Yay. I would, thank you so much, Meredith. Thank yeah. you, Liz. Thank you, Kendall. Thank you, Meredith, for your service. And Mandy, uh, you know, that was stunning. Honestly, I, I can't believe you've never shared, like, you know, a pitch like that before. It was really what I needed to hear. And you definitely feel goosed with the spirit of recovery to me. So, um, you know, when I hear something like that, I just feel so connected to um, a desire and a willingness. You know, sometimes I get down on my belly and, and pray for the willingness to be willing, you know. Um, but when I'm, when I'm in a meeting and I hear the message so clearly, um, with so much joy, it just makes me feel like, yeah, this, this is doable. This is doable. I can do this for another day. Um, I, you mentioned the scale, and I, uh, in this past year and five months now, um, I have finally, and I don't know if I'll hang on to it, but it's been like this for several months, um, I look at the scale in the morning and I say, are you a weapon today or are you a tool? 
And if my higher power tells me the scale is a weapon, I don't get on it, no matter what. Because I use that weapon against myself, and I have used it for years against myself. So it's just a great thing to have that kind of clarity. Um, the other thing I just, I want to share this because this is like a, the joy, a really joyful thing. Um, I retired and I broke my arm carrying cookies to the car. I fell over a thing because I wasn't paying attention. I was thinking about how soon can I get to the car and eat the cookies. And, um, and I fell. I, I looked up at the sky and I went, oh, I'm going to go play golf. <coughs> and fell down and just like you know, shattered my elbow. So that was 15, uh, you know, 15 June of 2021. So I think that's 15 months ago. And in this time I of abstinence, I have um, been teaching myself how to play piano with an app. And I have never had the bandwidth. I've tried to play piano my whole life and I've never had the stillness you know, that quiet, calm place um, that it takes, that it requires to do something really huge. So um, this is huge for me, and it's because of my abstinence. I know because I've been clean and sober a long time, and it has not, I've not been able to play the piano. And so I'm thrilled to be here tonight, so happy to have heard you, Mandy, and uh, thank you all for letting me share. Thank you, Leslie. I have to change the way my screen looks. So, okay. So Lisa C, you're up next. Thank you. Hi, everybody. My name is Lisa um, and I am a compulsive overeater. Um, oh, what a great chair. I, I wrote, I wrote down so many things and I have a lot. I was like, gosh, she's telling my story and I see where I could get worse if I go back out there and, and, and pick up, um, you know, I was like, I, <laughs> The day I put down the alcohol and the drugs was the day I picked up food. You know, I had problems with food when I was a kid. But, you know, when you said that, it's like, yeah, I just substituted. That's when I started to really, you know, going to a to a meeting, you know, and hitting the cookies. You know, it's like I <laughs> there were times I would avoid going to AA meetings because I didn't want to eat all the cookies. You know, it's like um, the insanity you talked about. Um, I was beyond the power of choice, you know. I now have 31 days of, of abstinence. Um, I've been coming here for a year now. And I, this is, you know, this is big for me. It's like I'm doing what, you know, they told me to just, I heard somebody said, just become a beginner again. And that's what I'm doing. You know, I, I have all these tools that I, I learned in the other programs and now I just have to apply it in here. Um, and that's what I've been trying to do. Um, you know, the question, can I live without the warm comfort of the food. It's like, <sighs> right now I can, I, I try to stay in today. And um, that's what I'm trying to do just today. You know, I, it started, you know, I started during COVID praying the sixth and seventh step every day. And, you know, wonder, this is a huge character defect that came up right in my face and I had to deal with it and I didn't want to deal with it. And I would try to avoid going to the OA meeting and not call my sponsor just because I wasn't ready to deal with it. Until one day I saw the insanity. I saw where I was beyond the power of choice. I swear, you know, I avoided not going to a certain store because I was going to pass one of my favorite foods. And then um, 
Next thing I'm at the grocery store buying them. And I was, you know, I ate, I ate that night. And then the next morning, it's like, I surrendered. I accepted this disease. I surrendered. And, um, but I have to say it's one day at a time because I still can't picture saying I'm never going to have that food again, but I can do it today. And that's where I try to stay. Thanks for your share. Thanks for all your service. Thank you so much, Lisa. And Erin, hi, you're up. Hi. Hi, I'm Erin, um, recovering compulsive overeater in Wyoming. It's so good to be here. I haven't um, actively participated in a meeting in a very, in too long. Um, and thank you, Mandy. I was so grateful to be hearing your share when I hopped on. Um, so relatable in so many ways. And I wanted to share, this was really striking to me last week. I heard a podcast. It wasn't an OA podcast, but it was like this perfect um, analogy, I guess. And the woman was talking about how she was talking. I don't think she was even talking about powerlessness. She told a story about where when she, when she was younger, her little girl used to want to help her carry her beach bag. So like mom's walking to the beach with the little girl and the little girl can't even reach, but she insists on helping. And she's really just making things harder, right? She can't reach. And it's like all lopsided and everything. And, um, and the woman said, that's probably how God feels when I try to like, help run my own life. And I just thought it was the perfect like image of me of um, powerlessness. Like, I think I'm helping and I think I'm like in control here, but really I'm kind of just making things worse. And surrendering to me means like, I'm just going to let God carry that, you know, and I, I say these words and it's like what I need to hear too. Um, but I just thought there was a really beautiful image. And also just to, um, you know, I've known this was cunning, a cunning disease, but I think um, what scared me was like last week for the first time, I, I, I felt like I was hearing God tell me to put a food down and I was afraid to share it with my sponsor. And then when I did, she said, why don't you try putting it down for three days and seeing if you think it's a problem? And I put it down and I didn't feel like it was a problem anymore. And she said that could be like the disease. She's like, this isn't a program of restriction. Like just because I think someone can't eat cheese, all these people are saying this, like this gets in my head. And I feel like God's saying you can't eat it any. I don't know. It's just, I'm saying like, I thought the voice of God was speaking to me and it turned out like that could be a disease voice. And so just a plug for honesty with your sponsor, because had I not shared that, you know, I just, I would have had a very different experience and maybe not seen um, the truth. So I still need someone to like guide me and to bounce things off of and to help me see the truth and the lies, because this thing speaks in my voice and it speaks in a voice that sometimes I think is God's and it's, it's, that can be really scary. So um, yeah, I think that's all I wanted to share. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Erin. Um, hi, Wendy. If you unmute, you can share. Hi, thanks. I'm Wendy, a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. Very glad to be here this evening. Um, where are you, Mandy? Can't see you now. Oh, there you are. <laughs> Mandy, I'm so grateful to be part of your journey. Um, it's been a privilege and an honor, and I've learned so much from you. And I continue to learn so much from you. And we bond over our crazy childhoods and it's it's a wonderful thing. Um, to talk about there is a solution. Um, boy, it was really good to hear hear you talk about um, the insanity and what the insanity felt like. 
um, at the beginning. I know I've heard it from you before, but it's been a while. And so it, it really resonated with me. And, um, you know, I, I thought about that today. I was out running errands and um, there were a couple, there are a couple of fast food stores that were my haunts, you know, they, they carried my crack. And, um, you know, I used to literally not be able to drive by one of these or either of these places without wanting to stop. And um, I drove by one of them and it was like this distant memory of wanting to stop. It was like an echo. And that was all, you know, there was like, there was no pull food used to call me. I used to sit upstairs and feel my refrigerator calling me, you know, and I couldn't not go. And today it was like, oh yeah. And just kept on driving. You know, it's not a problem today. Um, the problem has been removed. And um, it was coming to OA and, and meeting other people and realizing there, I don't have to live in this much pain. I don't have to live in this much discomfort. And um, yeah, it's really true. We put the food down and those feelings are like right up in your face. Um, and I'm so grateful that um, I've been guided um, to get outside help with some things. I am working through a bunch of stuff. I feel more like myself today than I have felt in a really long time. And um, there is no way, absolutely no way that I could deal with some things that I really, really needed to deal with if I wasn't, if I didn't put down the food and feel those feelings, you know, there's no way out, but through, um, and feelings aren't that scary. They're, they're uncomfortable. They pass. They're like clouds in the sky. They come, they might rain on you for a while and then they go. Um, and sometimes like the people in, in Florida, they're horrible and they cause what feels like terrible destruction, but then they go. Gentle reminder. Um, thank you. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Wendy. Uh, we will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares.